الله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah, we praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that He has no partners or associates. I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. I'd like to begin this evening uh, in our second, second uh, lecture since returning uh, to our study of Taysir Al-Allam, the Sharh or explanation of Umdatul Ahkam by Shaykh Abdullah ibn Abdurrahman ibn Salih Ali Bassam Hafidahullah We began last week upon our return with the chapter Bab Sujood As-Sahwa Bab Sujood As-Sahwa That is the frustrations that are performed due to forgetfulness or unmindfulness and to correct any mistakes in the Salat and we said last week that this sahwa it is due to forgetfulness or to leaving off something or doing something unmindfully and there is no blame on the person who does so unmindfully forgetfully or mistakenly it is human and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa indicated that in the hadith which is reported by Ibn Najah and others and it was declared to be sahih by many of the scholars of the past and present uh, the hadith in which it is reported that he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said inna allaha wada'a an ummati al-khata wal-nisyan wa mastikruhu alayhi that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has removed the responsibility or pardoned from my ummah the mistakes, the forgetfulness, and that which they do out of compulsion. We, we mentioned last week the description of sujood as sahwa and we said that it consists of two prostrations, two prostrations, either before or after the greeting of assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, either before or after the taslim. And those prostrations are performed with takbir, takbir for prostrating, takbir for rising up, takbir for prostrating the second time, and takbir for rising up, ending with a taslim, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. We also said that the reasons or the causes for sajda sahwa are three. Either an addition, ziyada, something that's not originally a part of the salat that we added to it mistakenly, or naqs, yani, uh, leaving off something, some shortcoming in the salat, something that we left out mistakenly or unmindfully, or through a shek. Yeah, and being in doubt, doubtfulness in our salat, having doubt about something we have done or not done, or the number of rakah that we have performed, etc. Uh, we also <coughs> mentioned last week two hadith, one concerning the sajda or the sujood as sahwa that's performed, that's performed after the taslim, and one hadith concerning the sujood as sahwa that's performed before the taslim. And before reviewing those two hadith and going on to the remaining hadith to complete this topic of sujood as sahwa, I just wanted to mention uh, number one, two of the important references that you may refer to for further information and a more complete uh, look at the authentic hadith related to sujood as sahwa. The authentic hadith concerning this are not limited to these sources, but these are the two most important sources, that is the Sahih of Al-Bukhari and the Sahih of Muslim. These hadiths are found concerning Sujood al-Sahwa and Sahih al-Bukhari, 
in the original or the old printing of Sahih al-Bukhari, not the new one that was just recently printed, but in the one that is widespread, uh, in volume 2 of Sahih al-Bukhari, pages 177 to 185. In the hadith, which he mentions in this section of Sujood al-Sahwa, are from number 315 to 328. Please read those hadith, uh, they are of utmost importance. Also in the Sahih of Muslim, the original printing of Sahih, Sahih Muslim, the one that is widespread, the translation of Abdul Hamid Sadiq, it is in volume 1 of Sahih Muslim, pages 282 through 286. And those hadith are numbered 
and the people said yes it is as he said يعني that the prayer was performed short فَتَقَدَّمَا فَصَلَّ مَا تَرَكَ ثُمَّ سَلَّمَا ثُمَّ كَبَّرَا ثُمَّ سَجَدَ مِثْلَ سُجُودِهِ أَوْ أَتْوَلْ Then the Prophet ﷺ stepped forward and prayed the remaining raka that he had left out and then he made taslim and he prayed the remaining raka and then made taslim Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah That means he prayed the two raka which he missed and then he made taslim ending the salat and after that taslim he made سجود السحوة ثم قبر وسجد مثل سجوده أو أطول then he made تكبير and prostrated similar to the prostration that he normally made in the prayer or longer ثم رفع رأسه فكبر then he raised his hand saying الله أكبر ثم قبر وسجد مثل سجوده أو أطول then he made تكبير again saying الله أكبر prostrating like his normal prostration in the prayer or longer ثم رفع رأسه وكبر فربما سألوه ثم سلم يعني ثم سلم قال فنبعت أن عمران بن حسين رضي الله عنه قال ثم سلم يعني هي at this point the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم made prostration saying الله أكبر and rose up saying الله أكبر making two prostrations and in some of the narrations it said some of the people asked the narrator that is محمد بن سرين رحمه الله then he made taslim يعني he didn't mention the taslim to them they said did he make did he then make taslim and then it was brought to his attention he was reminded that the one that one of the narrators of this hadith that is Imran ibn Hussein radiallahu anhu in fact did say that at that point after the two prostrations the Prophet made taslim so in this hadith we find that what was added to the prayer is that he made an extra taslim he made the first taslim at the end of two rakah which he thought was the end of the prayer mistakenly and then when he performed two more rakah to complete the prayer he made the regular taslim for the salat meaning that he made two, two taslims that means he has added something to the salat and therefore he made the, tas- the sujood as-sahwa after the end of the prayer after taslim and when something is added to the prayer as is indicated in this hadith when something extra is added to the prayer the sujood as-sahwa is made after taslim after making taslim for the completion of the prayer you make sujood as-sahwa and another taslim for the sujood as-sahwa the shaykh mentions here a number of points a lot of points and quickly we'll just go through them just to get it back in our memory before we complete this topic of those rulings or points that are derived from this hadith al-ahkam al-mustandata in al-hadith he said the permissibility of even the prophet to make or to forget in something not in the message that they deliver but in their actions and then Allah wouldn't leave them in that mistake but he would correct them in it as here the prophet was corrected number two that of the wisdoms or the secrets that are related to sujood as-sahwa is that it was a clarification of the sharia how the person is required by the Islamic law to act when they made a mistake in the prayer forgetfulness, adding, deleting something etc also it was a lightening of the burden uh, and a mercy upon the ummah of Muhammad in case of their forgetfulness and in sujood sahwa is a mercy to us in that we are able to correct our prayer if we have forgotten something simply by making these two prostrations of forgetfulness uh, also that if someone gets out of the salat before it's completed yani unaware thinking that they have completed the prayer then the prayer is not cut off by going out of the prayer yani the prayer may be returned to and you may continue the prayer where you left off when you are reminded or when you remember uh, only completing that which had been uncompleted yani if somebody prayed two rakahs with the Prophet in this case and then finished the prayer made taslim and got out of the prayer it's permissible to return to the prayer and not to repeat the prayer from the beginning but to build on that which was done and completed with that which is missing also that speaking during the prayer forgetfully does not invalidate the prayer as it happened in this case the Prophet ﷺ, as well as the Sahaba, Dhul Yadain and others spoke 
and they were actually in the middle of the prayer because they had only performed two rakah and then they returned to complete their prayer so that speaking forgetfully does not invalidate the prayer also that the prayer uh, or to go back to that which was done previously and to complete it with that which was forgotten even if there is a long space in between does not invalidate the prayer as in this narration at least there was some discussions people left the masjid the Prophet ﷺ was standing appearing to be angry or worried and there was discussion with him and finally he went back to the prayer and in some other narrations it's reported that he prayed three rakah and went into his home and someone came behind him and called him and brought his attention and returned to the masjid and completed that which he had left off so that even a long space in between the prayer doesn't invalidate the prayer except if a person remembers the next day or something like this then it's better to repeat the prayer and Allah knows best uh, also he mentions that moving in the salat making some kind of movement that's not part of the pr- uh, that's not normally part of the prayer due to ignorance of the fact that this is not allowed or due to forgetfulness also does not invalidate the prayer if somebody moves in the prayer makes any movement that's not part of the prayer forgetfully unaware or unknowingly that it's not allowed to do so it does not invalidate the prayer also uh, the obligation of making two prostrations for forgetfulness for the one who has done something unmindfully whether adding or leaving off something in the prayer to correct it to correct that prayer uh, two prostrations are required it is wajib obligatory to correct the prayer and also to humiliate the shaitan who is the one who caused the person to forget the shaitan when we enter the prayer tries to cause us to be occupied to distract us or to cause us to forget to uh, cause any defect in our prayer so these prostrations sujood as-sahwa yeah, and if the person performs them then they have defeated shaitan and humiliated him and also if there is more than one cause for sujood as-sahwa in one prayer the person made more than one mistake adding something uh, or deleting something on another occasion or forgetting something or becoming doubtful about the prayer then only one uh, performance of sujood as sahwa is required yani two prostrations one time uh, as is indicated in this hadith yani, and in other hadith yani, where it actually happened that the Prophet ﷺ forgot more than one thing uh, also that sujood as sahwa is to be performed after the salutation or the taslim of saying assalamu alaikum if the person has it should be performed before he said if the person has left off something yani they have deleted something from the prayer and it should be performed be, uh, he says ba'd as-salam naam idha sallama According to the Hanbali Madhab, he said that Sujood Sahwa should be performed after the Salam if the person has left off something and before the Salam in other cases. But in fact, the majority of the scholars and the most correct opinion is that whoever has added something to the prayer, the Sujood Sahwa should be performed after finishing the prayer, after Taslim. And whoever has left off something from the prayer, it should be performed before the Taslim. We will discuss this a little further when we finish the hadith that we are going to discuss today. Um, and the general rule is that it's performed after. Um, and this is, as some of the scholars said, based on the hadith of Thawban, which he related to the Prophet ﷺ. For every case of forgetfulness or unmindfulness in the prayer, it requires two prostrations which are performed after making taslim and the general rule is that it's after taslim but as we will see that there's a, a general rule also I mean there's some specific rules coming under this general rule and when there's something added it's done after when there's something left off it's done before and if it is due to doubtfulness it may be before or after we will discuss this inshallah in the end also he mentioned here that uh, the tashahud after the two prostrations of sahwa Yani that it is not authentically reported to make tashahud yani when a person has finished the prayer and they make two prostrations for sahwa they shouldn't make tashahud again 
before making taslim. Yani it has not been authentically reported, although some of the scholars held this opinion due to some hadith which are narrated as such, and some of those hadith appear to be correct or authentic hadith, but the correct opinion about them is that they are shaz. Yani they have the appearance of being authentic, but in fact they are not. And there are long discussions about this in the books of hadith. There is no way for us to yani, discuss them in full at this time. But in any case, the most correct opinion is that those narrations which report at tashahud are not authentic. This is the strongest opinion, as it has been mentioned by Al-Hafiz ibn Hajj al-Asqalani and Fath al-Bari, the explanation of Sahih al-Bukhari, and also of the contemporary scholars. It is mentioned by Sheikh Muhammad Nasruddin al-Albani in his book of Takhrij of Hadith Irwa al-Gharim. The second hadith, which we mentioned last week, the hadith of Abdullah ibn Buhayna, which you have in front of you, the hadith of Abdullah ibn Buhayna, mentions the performance of taslim before, or the performance of sujood al-sahwa before, before making taslim. And in the previous hadith mentions it after, because something extra was added, an extra taslim. And here, something was left out. In the case that something is left out, the sujood al-sahwa should be performed before the taslim. On the authority of Abdullah ibn Buhayna rahimahullah uh, radiallahu anhu and he was one of the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam salla bihim al-dhuhr faqama fi rakatayni al-u'layayni wa lam yajlis Now the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam led them in the dhuhr prayer and then he stood up after performing two rakah and he didn't sit and he didn't make the sitting in the second rakah in which the tashahud is normally recited he didn't sit and obviously he didn't recite at tashahud. Two things. He, he left out the sitting and he left out the recitation of tashahud that is performed in that sitting. فَقَامَ النَّاسِ مَعَهُ حَتَّى إِذَا قَضَى الصَّلَاةِ وَانْتَظَرَ النَّاسِ تَسْلِيمَهُ كَبَّرَ وَهُوَ جَالِسٌ So the people when he stood up, they realized that he was supposed to sit but they followed him. He stood up so they stood up with him until when he was about to finish the prayer and the people were waiting for him to make taslim. They were waiting for him to say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, kabbara wa huwa jalis. He made takbir instead while he was sitting. Instead of making taslim, he made takbir, fasajada sajdataini qabla an yusallim, thumma sallama. Yani, at that point, when they were expecting him to make taslim, he made takbir and he prostrated, making two prostrations before making taslim, before finishing out the prayer with the taslim to the right and the left. And then after those two prostrations, ثُمَّ سَلَّمَ Then he made taslim. This is an example of something being left out of the prayer. In that case, the sujood, the sahwa is performed before the taslim. And also, as you notice, there is no mention of tashahud in either of these hadith, both of them being recorded by both al-Bukhari and Muslim. From this hadith, the shaykh mentions a number of points. From amongst them, he says from this hadith, we understand the obligation of sujood as sahwa for the one who has forgotten something in the prayer or left out something like al-tashahud al-awwal the first tashahud and in the second rakah of the prayer also from this hadith we understand from this hadith we understand that al-tashahud is not a rukun it is not a pillar of the salat. Because if it was a pillar, then you cannot finish the prayer without repeating that rukun which was left. But if it was one of the wajibat, obligatory parts, you can correct it by making sujood al-sahwa. So this is the proof that al-tashahad al-awwal is not a rukun of the prayer. Uh, otherwise, it would not have been corrected simply by performing sujood al-sahwa. Number three, in this hadith we also understand that the performance of more than one mistake in the salat doesn't require two performances of sujood al-sahwa but simply two prostrations once for the sujood al-sahwa for two or more mistakes as in this hadith the Prophet in this occasion the Prophet didn't recite at tashahud nor did he sit for the recitation of tashahud uh, also from this hadith we understand the importance of following the imam since the Prophet ﷺ didn't criticize or scold the people for following him in standing up. He stood up forgetfully, but they knew that he had left off the tashahud and they followed him and he didn't tell them, don't follow the Imam if you know he made a mistake. 
Yani this means that he approved of the people following the Imam. Even if he made a mistake, this shows the importance of following the Imam. And the proof that they knew is as we mentioned in the hadith reported by Al-Nasai and Ibn Khuzayma and Al-Hakim that the people said, Subhanallah, when they saw him standing up. Subhanallah. No, indicating that they were aware, aware. But the Prophet ﷺ continued in the prayer until he got to the end of it. Also, uh, he mentioned that the forgetfulness of the Imam is, yeah, I mean, the people fall under the same ruling. And he did something forgetfulness. So he is excused because he did it out of forgetfulness. But those people who are following him didn't do it out of forgetfulness. And that means if someone intentionally did that, it will invalidate their prayer. But the people fall under the ruling of the Imam. If the Imam did it out of forgetfulness and they followed him, then it is as though they also come under the same ruling of forgetfulness. And when he made the sujood at sahwa they also made it along with him. Uh, also that the sujood at sahwa in this kind of situation, and it was something was left out of the prayer, specifically the sitting for tushahud and the recitation of tushahud, it should be done before making taslim. And when something is left out, it's performed before. Whereas when something is added, it's performed after. And the last point he said is that the salam, yani the taslim, follows immediately the two prostrations of sahu. And there shouldn't be any space or time between them for a tashahud or for any dua. And if there's no indication or any authentic hadith that there is the recitation of tashahud after the two prostrations of sujood sahwa, nor any dua, but as soon as the person finishes those two prostrations, immediately they should make taslim. Now, these are the hadith that we took last week, and uh, the hadith that we have, the extra hadith to complete the topic, because this is the end of what the Shaykh mentioned. He only mentioned two hadith, one concerning the sujood sahwa after taslim, when something was added, and one concerning the sujood sahwa before taslim, when something was left out. Uh, so, we want to mention some other hadith which help to clarify the total picture of sujood al sahwa since the shaykh didn't mention anymore. We have collected some hadith from other sources in order to get the fuller benefit from uh, this topic. The first hadith uh, is, the, is a hadith which uh, unfortunately I didn't have uh, time to find and to uh, give to you, but in any case it's a general hadith. It doesn't indicate before or after, it's just a hadith related to sujood as sahwa. The hadith of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu and the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal in ahadukum idha qama yusalli wajahu shaytan falabbasa alayhi hatta la yadri kam salla faidha wajada ahadukum dhalika falyasjud tajdatayni wa huwa jalis. Yani the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said this hadith is recorded by Al-Bukhari Muslim that verily when one of you stands up to perform his prayer shaitan will come to him and perhaps cause confusion in his mind until he doesn't know how much he has prayed he doesn't know what he has prayed so if any one of you finds himself in that situation then he must tell yasjud sajdatain wa huwa then he must pray or perform two prostrations while he is sitting this is a general hadith that makes us to know that the cause for our forgetfulness is shaitan and also makes us to know that when we have any forgetfulness in the prayer that it's obligatory on us to make sajda or sujood as sahwa the second hadith is the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Qudri um, it is mentioned here under the extra hadith, hadith number two the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Qudri uh, is concerning the matter of doubtfulness and when someone is in doubt about what has happened in the prayer and we said that the, the doubt in the prayer it can be corrected either by the sujood al-sahwa before the taslim or after the taslim according to the situation the first hadith the hadith which is mentioned here number two of the extra hadith concerning shak or doubt in the prayer from Ata ibn Yasar from Abu Sa'id al-Khudri this hadith has been reported by Imam Malik Mursalan, yani without mentioning Abu Sa'id al-Khudri. From the narrator from him, Ata ibn Yasar. 
directly from the Prophet ﷺ, which means there's a break in the chain. But it has also been reported authentically, mentioning Abu Sayyid al-Khudri, and that narration is reported in the Sahih of Muslim. In the Sahih of Muslim, it's reported uh, that the Prophet ﷺ said, and this is on the authority of Abu Sayyid al-Khudri, إِذَا إِذَا شَكَّ أَحَدُكُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِ إِذَا شَكَّ أَحَدُكُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِ فَلَمْ يَدْرِ كَمْ صَلَّى ثَلَاثًا أَوْ أَرْبَعًا فَلْيَطْرَحْ الشَّكُّ وَلْيَبْنِي عَلَى مَا اسْتَيْقَنَ ثُمَّ يَسْجُدْ سَجْدَتَيْنِ قَبْلَ أَنْ يُسَلِّمْ And if anyone of you has doubt in his prayer and he doesn't know how much he has prayed three raka' or four raka' then he should reject or push back his doubt and he should continue his prayer based on that which he is certain about that which he is sure about if he is not sure it's three or four at least he is sure that he prayed at least three okay to remove this doubt remove the doubt by continuing your prayer based on what you are sure about al-yaqeen you know it's three or four but you are not sure which one then go with that which you are sure about and then pray two or perform two prostrations qabla and yusallam before making taslim this is in the case when the person has doubt about how many rakah they have prayed and they cannot determine which of those two possibilities is the more likely they couldn't in their mind determine that I'm relatively sure it's more certain that it was three or it's more certain that it was four but they couldn't take anyone as being any more probable they are in doubt, completely in doubt in that case they should go with the lesser number that which they are certain about at least the yaqeen and in that case when they are in that situation the sujood sahwa should be performed before making taslim he goes on to say in this hadith sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فَإِن كَانَ صَلَّ خَمْسًا شَفَعْنَا لَهُ صَلَاتَهُ وَإِن كَانَ صَلَّ إِتْمَامًا لِأَرْبَعَ كَانَتَا تَرْغِيمًا لِلشَّيْطَانِ He said, so that if the person in that situation uh, had prayed five rakah, yani because they based it on the lesser number, but in fact they had prayed the higher number, and they ended up praying five rakah, then the sujood the sahwa will even out the number of rakah, will make it even. And if, in fact, it was the lower number that they had performed, and by making then by making the sujood the sahwa, it would, yani, they would have, I mean, they prayed the prayer as four rakah, in fact, not adding any extra rakah to it, then the sujood the sahwa would be as an humiliation for shaitan. And if they ended up praying an extra rakah, the sujood the sahwa will make it even, and if they had actually prayed only four rakah, and in fact they had prayed three and then they made another one making it four even, then the sujood the sahwa would be as a humiliation of shaitan. There is another hadith also that is of importance. This is in reference to doubt in which the person cannot determine which of the two possibilities is more likely. The other hadith is the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu In this case, in this hadith it is mentioned also that there is doubt but in this case the person performed the sujood al-sahwa after the taslim instead of before It's reported that Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said that Anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal Iza shakka ahadukum fi salatihi and if any one of you is in doubt about his prayer then he should seek to determine which one of them is more correct and he should follow and he should try to determine that which, he, which appears to be the most correct try to ascertain which one of the two possibilities is more correct then he should complete the prayer based on that which he determined to be the more correct of the two possibilities, the one that is more probable, he should complete the prayer based on that. And if he determined that it was more probable that it was three, he should pray one more rakah completing the prayer. If he determined that it was more probable that it was two, then he should pray two more rakah based on the more probable of the two possibilities, and then complete his prayer based on that. يسلم, then he should make taslim. After completing his prayer, he makes taslim. 
sajdataini then he should make two prostrations the sujood and sahwa yani after the taslim this is the case of doubt but in this case the person was able to determine the more likely of the two probabilities whereas in the first hadith the person wasn't able to determine one of them being more weightier than the other both of them were equally possible and they couldn't make any determination in that case you take the lower number the one that you are certain without a doubt that at least it was that one and in that case you make the taslim uh, in that case the taslim is made uh, before and in this case the taslim is made after so there are two possibilities of doubt in one the person is unable to determine which of the two probabilities are more likely the taslim should be made before or the sujood sahwa should be made before and in the case when you are able to determine which one is more likely uh, or which one is more correct then the taslim is made after here these hadith are from al-Bukhari and Muslim but I have taken them because there is some commentary in one of the books of the great scholars of hadith al-Imam al-Baghawi who died in the beginning of the 6th century in the year 516 and he has a very important book of hadith called Sharh al-Sunnah Sharh al-Sunnah which contains many many authentic hadith not only from Bukhari and Muslim but from the other collections of hadith and also contains many of the sayings of Sahaba and the tabi'een and the scholars of fiqh and the imams of hadith here al-imam al-baghawi rahimahullah mentions concerning after, after narrating this hadith he mentions concerning sujood al-sahwa the following he says that as for the place in which the sujood al-sahwa is performed yani before after the taslim he said the hadith concerning this reported different things sometimes before and sometimes after as for that which was narrated by Abu Sayyid al-Khudri and that which was narrated by Abdullah ibn Buhayna then they reported and also the hadith of Abdurrahman ibn Awf which we didn't mention they reported that the sujood al-sahwa is before the taslim as for that which was narrated from Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and that which was narrated from Abu Hurairah yani Abdullah ibn Mas'ud narrated the hadith that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performed five rakah that hadith we didn't mention but it's here it's the hadith number one of the extra hadith which we didn't reach in the book but in any case Abdul Mas'ud narrated that hadith and also the hadith of Abu Hurairah in which the Prophet ﷺ made two rakah and then made taslim and then when he was informed he came back and made two more rakah and a second taslim this in these cases something was added to the prayer and therefore he made the sujood al-sahwa after the taslim Based on these various hadiths, some mentioning before and some mentioning after, he said also the scholars or the madahib of fiqh, they also differed. Most of the scholars of Medina, including Yahya ibn Sa'id, Rabia and others besides them held that the sujood, al-sahwa should be performed before the taslim and this is the opinion of al-imam al-shafi'i rahimahullah and also other scholars from the scholars of hadith. Uh, the second opinion that he mentions here this one is those who said before he said that also there were other scholars such as Sufyan al-Thawri and Ashab al-Ra'i that is the people of the Hanafi Madhab and Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah and his students held that the taslim should be performed uh, according to the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud after the taslim yani they held the hadith of Abdullah Mas'ud was the important or significant hadith and then he narrated the taslim after the he narrated the sujood sahwa after the taslim so they held that opinion and they followed that opinion and they said sujood and sahwa should be after taslim the first two opinions the opinion of Imam Shafi he held that it should be before and the opinion of Imam uh, Abu Hanifa held that it should be after the third opinion which he, mentions, which he mentions here is an important opinion is the opinion of Imam Malik rahimahullah uh, in which he gives some details Imam Malik says that if the sujood al-sahwa it was performed due to adding something to the prayer as we found in some hadith where something was added he said if it's due to adding something to the prayer then it should be performed after and after the taslim 
Okay, he's giving a detailed explanation. The first two opinions was that it should always be before or always be after. Imam Malik, he looked at all of the hadith and tried to use all of them. He said that if something was added, then it should be performed before taslim. This is based on the hadith of the man Dhul who yani, reminded the Prophet Wasallam that he had only performed two rakah and in that case something was added. Yani, what was added? He made two taslims. That's the hadith that's reported by Abu Huraira. The first hadith, hadith number 101. Imam Malik then says, but if the forgetfulness was due to leaving out something, like leaving out the tashahud, in that case, the sujood, the sahwa, should be performed before taslim. And this is based on the hadith of Abdullah ibn Buhayna. That is the second hadith which we mentioned, hadith number 102. Yani, so far, Imam Malik is looking at all of the hadith and trying to make a determination, yani, each one how it should be used. Then he said that every hadith which has been reported concerning sujood, the sahwa, it should be applied in its place. And if there was a hadith where the Prophet left out something and he made the sujood al-sahwa before taslim, then we should apply it like that. And if there was another hadith where he added something, like he made two taslims in the salat, and in that case he performed it after, then we should apply that hadith and perform it after in that case. Yani every hadith should be applied in the way that it came to us from the Prophet So that if someone left off tashahud, as in the hadith of Abdul ibn Buhayna, then leaving off something, the taslim is before. If, for example, something was added, as in the other hadith which we didn't mention yet, the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, and that's hadith number one of the extra hadith, five rakah the Prophet ﷺ performed, he said when something is added, like in that case, then the taslim should be performed after. Also, uh, he mentions the hadith of Abu Huraira, from Muhammad ibn Sirin, the first hadith, hadith number 101, he said that if in that case where two rakah were performed and then taslim, in which case an extra taslim was made after the two rakah uh, which were left out were performed, then in that case uh, the taslim is performed after, then we should do likewise. Here Alimam Malik has given us يعني, the application or the يعني, reconciliation or combination of the hadith. Those which came before should be applied before and those which came after should be done after. This was also the saying or the opinion of Imam Ishaq ibn Rahway, the Shaykh of Al-Bukhari, Rahimahumullah. As for those hadith which there is no narration, Concerning or those incidents where there is no narration, and yani something that we didn't, something happened, forgetfulness, adding or leaving off something, we didn't find any hadith reported from the Prophet concerning that matter. Then what should we do? Here he says, in that case where we didn't find any narration from the Prophet concerning a particular action being added or left out, in that case, Imam Ahmed said that the sujood sahwa should be before the taslim. And Imam Ishaq ibn Rahway said that it depends. It depends. If there's no mention in the hadith concerning that incident, if it is adding something, then we'll do like the cases where there was something reported from the Prophet when something was added, then he did it after. So if an incident takes place where something is added, but there's no hadith concerning it, then we make qiyas. As the Prophet saw someone he added something, he did it after, then in those cases where there's no hadith concerning them, but something is added, Ishaq ibn Rahway said, that we should do it after. And if something was left out, then we compare it to the hadith which we know where the Prophet left out something and he did it before, then likewise we should do it before. Concerning doubt, there are two cases of doubt he mentions here. Uh, the doubt in which a person is able to determine the more likely of the two possibilities, the more correct of the two possibilities, in that case, the person should uh, yani determine which one it is and then based on what they determined they should uh, finish the prayer based on whichever one they think is more correct in that case where they are able to determine which one is more correct they should make the sajda sahwa after taslim and in the case where they are not able to determine which one is more correct 
then they take the lesser number yani al yaqeen that they are certain at least that the lower number they have performed and complete the prayer based on that and make the sajda sahwa before the taslim yani here we have yani we can say in summary concerning this that if there is any incident that's reported in the hadith that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam made sujood sahwa before we should do it before if he made it after we should do it after but in the case where there's no incident or that incident hasn't been mentioned in hadith then we should look at whether or not something has been added in that case we make it after as the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did when he added something and if something has been left out then we make it before as the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did concerning that when there is doubt there are at least two cases one where the person is able to determine the more likely of the two probabilities as be, which one is more correct in that case the test, the sujood sahwa is made after taslim and when they are unable to determine which one is more likely then they take the lower number and complete the prayer based on that and make it before taslim this is a summary of yani the cases of sujood sahwa when something is added something is left out or when a person is in doubt the last hadith which i want to mention which is here on the sheet and al-imam al-baghawi mentions that hadith is the hadith of Abdul ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu radiyallahu anhu and that hadith is recorded in Bukhari and Muslim and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam salla al-zuhr khamsan that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prayed the zuhr prayer as five raka'ah faqila lahu azida fi salat it was said to him has the prayer been has something been added has the prayer been increased yani from four raka'ah to five raka'ah faqala madaka yani the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said no it hasn't happened قالوا صليت خمسا they said but you have prayed five raka فسجد سجدتين بعد ما سلم so the prophet sallallahu in that case performed the sujood sahwa two prostrations بعد ما سلم يعني after making tasleem Uh, here again this is an, an, an example of something being added and in that case the taslim or the sujood sahwa is made after taslim this is uh, these are the examples or the most important hadith that's reported yani, primarily by al-bukhari and muslim and these are opinions of some of the scholars concerning this yani, the opinion of the imams the four imams uh, imam ahmed is similar in his opinion to imam malik yani, Uh, in general but Imam Malik his opinion seems to be that is the closest to that is strictly uh, being in accord with the hadith in which he said and also Ishaq ibn Rahway which he said that whatever has been reported in the hadith we follow it as it was whatever there is no case in the hadith found then if it was something added then we make it after and if it was something left out we make it before the taslim and when we are in doubt there are two cases one of them when we are able to determine the more likely of the two possibilities in which it should the sujood sahwa was performed after taslim and in the case where we are not able to determine which one is more likely in that case we uh, take the lower number which we are certain that we have performed at least that number complete the prayer based on it and make the sujood sahwa before the taslim there is also a summary of this matter mentioned by Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen uh, in which he outlines the, I mean, the cases in which sujood al-sahwa is performed before or when it's performed after and when there is doubt as we just mentioned um, perhaps I mean, this uh, summary also may be I mean, looked at um, first perhaps we'll see if there are any questions if there are any questions or corrections or comments Otherwise, uh, we'll just take this quick review of this uh, summary from Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen in his book concerning Sujood al-Sahwa and the rules and regulations concerning it as the closing and the end of this topic. If there are any questions uh, or any comments, there should be some questions at least because no doubt the issue of Sujood al-Sahwa is one of the most uh, difficult topics 
related to the Salat. It is one of the most difficult topics. Uh, the opinions of the scholars are many. The cases which are not mentioned in Hadith are also many, which left the scholars to make ijtihad. Since there is no text for many types of situations that happen in the Salat, then many of the scholars made, made ijtihad. Some of them saying yeah, I mean, that the easiest solution was to make all of the sujood al-sahwa before Tasneem, and some of them the opposite, saying it after, and some of them yeah, combining the Hadith dealing with before and after and trying to you know, give some further clarification. Some of them making qiyas on those hadith which mention something being added or left out so that if something is added, the sujood is made after and if something is left out, the sujood is made before. But uh, in any case, it requires yeah, some review and careful examination of the hadith looking at those cases where something was added or something was left out and also examining the cases of doubt where one is able to determine the more likely of two possibilities and where one is not able to determine the more likely of two possibilities. And this generally covers the, uh, the issue of sujood as sahwa and, and some of the scholars said that I mean, it is an important topic due to the fact that the human being is subject to make mistakes and to be forgetful or unmindful and therefore every Muslim, especially those who lead the prayers, the imams needs to know some people are performing sujood al-sahwa when there is no need for it and some people are not performing it when it is obligatory to do so and some people are doing it before when it should be after or after when it should be before and, uh, it's, and for this reason it's important that we study this topic and try to examine it carefully so that at least the basic rules concerning it are known to us uh, so that it benefits us in our own individual prayers and perhaps also we may also benefit others with it. Are there any comments or any questions? Now. Now. One raka. Hmm. Now, it happened to the Prophet ﷺ. He made two rakah, and after he finished the prayer, the people, some of them left the masjid, questioning themselves what had happened. Has the prayer been shortened? And some of them remained in their places. And finally, one of them stood up and decided to ask what has happened. He asked the Prophet ﷺ, has the prayer been decreased? Or have you forgotten? The Prophet said, they are having a conversation. They are talking. As you said now. He said, I haven't forgotten, nor has the prayer been decreased. Then that man said to him, then in fact, if, you, if the prayer has not been decreased, then in fact you have forgotten. Then the Prophet looked at the people. And he asked them, is it as he said? And they said, yes, it is. Then the Prophet went back in front of the people, facing the Qibla and performed two rakah that he had left out. And then he made uh, and in the Taslim, and then he made Sujood the Sahwa and Taslim. That means that if the Imam talks to the people and the people talk to the Imam, it's permissible to return to the prayer after that, time that has elapsed and discussion between them, and complete the prayer from what was made before, completing that which was left out. Naam. Hmm? In between? Naam. They are sitting between two sujood. There's, it has to be. It is normal. The sujood, the Prophet, they said that the Prophet ﷺ, in this case, he made sujood like he used to make the sujood in the prayer or longer. That means that his sujood that he made for sujood the sahwa, it was like the sujood or it was like he was performing his normal prayer or if anything it was longer so that the sujood al-sahwa is performed just as you are making prayer the same, with no difference sitting between two prostrations just as you do in the normal prayer now now 
Now, you are late in the prayer and the people finish their prayer. You stand up to complete your prayer but you forgot how many you have to make up. Now, now the Imam finished the prayer but now you are performing your prayer. When you are with the Imam, you are following the Imam. But when the Imam finished, now you are on your own. If you make any mistake in the prayer, you have to correct it. If you forgot, you have to correct it. If you don't know how many you made, then you have to try to determine, think. Did I make only one rakah with the Imam, or two, or three? If you are not sure, is it two or three that you made with him, then you take the lower number. You say, I made only two with him. That means if it was Zohar, you have to make two more. If it was Maghrib, you have to make one more, and so on. Okay? But in this case, when you are not sure, which one? Did I make with the Imam two or three? You take the lower number, which you are certain about, and complete the prayer based on the lower number, and in that case, you make the sujood, the sahwa, before the taslim. Whereas, if you are in doubt about how many you made, but you are able to determine after thinking, you said, that's right, I made two with the Imam. I am sure now. Well, how are you sure? You are relatively sure because you remember. You remember that when you joined the Imam, for example, they were making tashahud. You sat with them, and then you stood up, and you only get credit for two rakah. The two after the first sitting for tashahud. So you are relatively sure. In that case, you will say, I am sure that it was two rakah I made with them. Or in, in any other way you are able to determine, that, but you are sure how many you made, in that case, you will make, you will complete the prayer based on the more probable of the two likelihoods. You are relatively certain that it was two rakah, then you will, base, you will make the prayer based on that. Complete the prayer, one more rakah if it was Maghrib, two more rakah if it was Zohar or Asr, uh, Naam or Isha. And then after that, you will make the Sajjah Sahwa after the Taslim. Yani in the case where the person is relatively sure that one of those two are more likely, it's more probable, then they should go with that which they think is more correct, complete the prayer based on that, and make the sujood, the sahwa, after taslim. When they are unsure, they make it before taslim. When they are relatively sure, they make it after taslim. And Allah knows best. Is there any other question or comment? In any case, this issue of sujood, the sahwa, believe me, it is really يعني, a difficult topic. Many of the topics that we took before for the most part concerning the Salat are relatively clear. يعني, there's only one issue related to a particular thing and you study that issue and the evidences and you know what's correct and you do it. But in Sujood al-Sahwa there are so many factors. It can be before, it can be after, it can be adding, it can be leaving out, it can be based on doubt. There are a lot of factors and when you combine all these factors it can be a little يعني, difficult to grasp. But you cannot grasp it in one sitting, you have to review. Look at the hadith, I gave you the references in Al-Bukhari and Muslim for more hadith and the other narrations of the hadith that we mentioned so that you can look at them and read through them and try to compare them so that the issue will be sticking in your mind. Naam. If the Imam left out one rakah, he made the prayer short of one rakah. Uh huh. This case also is reported. It is reported in the Sahih of Muslim. But that hadith we didn't mention. And there are more hadith we didn't mention them all, but I gave you the references for them. In that hadith it's reported that the Prophet ﷺ prayed the Zohar prayer as three rakah. He left out one. As you, the example you gave now, exactly. <laughs> he left out one. We said the general rule is what? That if something is left out, then you make the sujood al-sahwa before taslim. Okay? In this case, the Prophet ﷺ was informed afterwards. He was informed afterwards. So, even though he only made the prayer as three rakah, he made taslim and then he came to know that he made taslim, he went back and he made the rakah that he missed to make the prayers for rakah and then he made before making taslim he made sujood al-sahwa before because when something is deleted from the prayer left out the sujood al-sahwa should be made before and this is a proof 
that when something is left out, sujood al-sahwa is before. In that case, he made sujood al-sahwa before making taslim. Two prostrations, and then he made the taslim for the end of the prayer. After completing one raka'ah. Because one raka'ah was left out of the prayer. Now. I think you will find this hadith as the last hadith or next to the last hadith in the section of Sujood al-Sahwa in Sahih Muslim. The people, the people should follow the Imam. But if the people realize the Imam made a mistake and they said Subhanallah, the men should say Subhanallah to bring to his attention that he made a mistake. The women should clap their hands. If the women realize he made a mistake and no one says Subhanallah, the women may bring it to his attention by clapping their hands. If the Imam realizes his mistake and corrects it immediately, and, they, they, and he corrects it immediately, then this is the best thing that may happen. But if the Imam doesn't correct it, the people should follow the Imam. They shouldn't abandon the Imam, but then they should follow him. Okay, at the end of the prayer, he will realize that he made some mistake, but he doesn't maybe know what he made. Then he will correct the prayer. If he doesn't, then in the end of the prayer when he makes taslim, the people will inform him that you did such and such and so and so, and then he will return to the prayer and correct it accordingly. According to what was the mistake, something added, something left out, yani whatever. But in general, the people should follow the Imam. Doesn't mean that if they realize he made a mistake, just leave him going in his mistake. But they should bring it to his attention. If he is able to correct it at that point, it will be corrected. If he is not able to correct it, for example, if the Imam, in the case of the Prophet ﷺ, he, he stood up without making tashahud. There are some hadith which we mentioned previously, in our previous study of Tayyip al-Alam, in which the Prophet ﷺ said that if anyone stood up forgetfully without reciting tashahud, if they remembered before standing up, they may sit back down and make the tashahud. But if they didn't remember until they stood all the way up and they were standing straight, then they should not return to the sitting position, but they should continue the prayer and in the end make sujood the sahwa So this means that if, the, if it was brought to the Imam's attention in time, then he may correct it. But if it's not brought to his attention in time, or he doesn't pay attention to the people saying subhanallah, the women clapping their hands, and he just continues in the prayer, as happened in that case with the Prophet the people were saying subhanallah, and he continued in the prayer until the end, and in the end, they were waiting for him to say assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. To make the taslim, at that point, suddenly, he said, Allahu Akbar, and made sajda. Then he said, Allahu Akbar, and raised up, and said, Allahu Akbar, and made sajda, and, made Allah, and said, Allahu Akbar, and raised up again. Yani, he made sujood al-sahwa, at that point. And then he made taslim. So, yani, the people should follow the imam, uh, but they should also correct him if they are able to. If they are aware of the mistake, then they should bring it to his attention by saying, subhanallah. No, can somebody take the questions from the sisters? Well, there's a difference of opinion about the forgetting of an ayah. Allahu alam, but it appears as though the correct, the most uh, correct opinion is that there's no need to make sujood a sahwa for forgetfulness of an ayah. And if a person forgets the ayah, then either if it's brought to their attention, if, the, if it's the imam for example, the people bring it to their attention by reciting the ayah and correct him. But if you are praying alone and there's no one to correct you, but you realize that you said something wrong, but you can't remember how it is, then you may recite from any other portion of the Qur'an that you know and continue the prayer. But there's no proof that a mistake in the recitation requires sujood sahwa, that it requires sujood sahwa, and Allah knows best. Hmm. Are there any additional instances that require sujood sahwa, like for example the mistake of the recitation of Qur'an? MashaAllah. <laughs> the brothers already asked this question. Uh, let's start. Hmm. If you forget during the prayer how many rakahs you prayed, then try to remember and remember definitely how many you've prayed. Do you still have to do sujood sahwa even though you have not added anything? Naam. 
Yani if a person forgets how many rakah they prayed and they try to remember and then they are relatively sure, yani they are pretty certain that they remember how many they made still due to the sujood, due to the forgetfulness in the prayer yani sujood sahwa is the correction for forgetfulness the person who is in doubt in their prayer about what they have done even if afterwards they are relatively certain that they have made uh, yani a particular number if they are relatively certain about that yani you remember definitely, but of course definiteness after you have forgotten and then you remember it is not definite, definite but I mean you are relatively certain in that case you still have to make sujood sahwa uh, if you what? if you have uh, or you have you have not added anything hmm. or deleted anything do it just because of the forgetfulness then to humiliate shaitan is this wajib naam it's still obligatory to make sujood sahwa to humiliate shaitan and the sujood sahwa has two yani, benefits one of them is that it corrects and completes and perfects the salat in which there was some mistake or some defect and one of the defects in the salat is that you end the prayer and you don't know what you have done that, that's a defect in your salat it means that you have been unmindful the fact that you, don't, you, were un, you, were, you didn't know how many you did and then you had to try to remember means that at some point in your prayer you were forgetful, you were unmindful that means shaitan has affected your salat and therefore to correct that defect in the salat, the unmindfulness and also to humiliate shaitan the sujood, the sahwa is still obligatory Allah knows best <laughs>